ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 131 of the Dynasty Junkies. Man, what a week. Uh, Dynasty Junkies, obviously a part of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will, and we do and we will. Obviously, we've had a hell of a season. We're coming down to the last game. Super Bowl is coming up this week. If you're watching us live on Twitter and YouTube, thank you for being here with us. Uh, we've got some fun stuff to talk about tonight. But before we get into that, let's kick it over to my co-host for the night, Scott Sidlow. How are you doing tonight, Scott? Uh, I'm frankly just glad that the insufferable Eagles fan isn't here tonight. We don't have to deal with him. So, um, you know, should be a good show regardless. Well, when we put the schedule together and I, I realized this uh, about, I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was like, either Rocky is off and the Eagles will be playing. And that's probably for the best. He's going to need every ounce of yingling he can get through the night. You know what I mean? He's going to be stressed. Or Bengals will be playing and I'll be stressed and need to talk about it. So either way, this works out well, is my thought. Um, but yes, it, it is a good night for us tonight. I'm, I, I'm at Inner Hall FF. We've got Scott Sidlow. But then obviously in the third chair tonight, the one and only Britt Flynn. How you doing tonight, Britt? I'm so good. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, we're excited to have you on. I know we were talking a little bit before the show and you mentioned this too. You're kind of more of a redraft fan and kind of getting your toes into the dynasty. Before we get too deep, I guess, why don't you get people who are listening a little bit about your history with Dynasty or lack thereof, maybe? Is that a good way to put it? Oh, yeah, definitely lack thereof. Um, I've <laughs> always been a redraft girly. Um, I don't like trades. I'm also very impatient. I want to start my team <laughs> over from scratch. If it it does well or does bad, I get bored with it. I don't care. I want a new thing. And um, so last year, I finally dipped my toes in the Dynasty. But it turned out that that water was uh, not shallow. And I just sank to the bottom. <laughs> and entered you went in deep. Ton. Yes. So I ended up being in a ton of dynasty leagues. Um, didn't win any of them, obviously, because I took over a couple orphans, a couple startups, which were different. Um, but I feel like I've got a little baby grasp on what dynasty is. So I'm happy to be here and hopefully broaden my knowledge about that. Tonight. Well, perfect. And we can obviously have a lot of discussions about this. Scott and I have some experience. How many, uh, how many leagues are you in, Britt? Just so we can kind of get an idea. Dynasty, uh, leagues. let's be let's be specific. Dynasty, I think I'm in eight. Um, eight, okay. the The total number of leagues last year was like in the mid 30s. So there you go. It's <laughs> um, a lot of redraft. Like I said, I am yeah. a redraft girly. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, no, that's that's good. I was in about 25 or 30 myself. If you count some of the best balls that don't really count, and then I'm only in. I think I'm only in 16 dynasty. So I'm not that much further from you. But Scott, what's your number right now in your dynasty league? Well, I had to leave some because of the end of season scenario. So we're at 44 yes. right now. 44. So, yeah. So Scott's got some experience. We we know what we're doing over here. Yeah, but uh, it'll be interesting to hear the perspective from 
being new to Dynasty now, like as compared to, you know, 10 years ago, it was just such a different world. So I think it'll be it'll be fun to get the different perspective, honestly. Exactly. And that's kind of what I was saying too to you, Brett. Like we don't necessarily think of ourselves as better than anyone else. There's so many different layers and different player groups and different experience levels. Uh, I love this Jesse in the chat and we'll be going talking about Jesse later, but went from zero to eight in one year. Great start. That's exactly right. Like you're definitely an addict at that point. If you're going in, you're a junkie, you're in the right place. Like it doesn't matter how quick you get there. You got to eight. I mean, that's yeah. And Mr. Scamper's in the chat, eight dynasty leagues year one. Yeah. Like you're, you're in. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you're, you're a junkie like the rest of us. So yeah. Welcome to the show. Uh, before we get too far, I do want to talk a little bit about the, the superb owl, uh, we talked about it briefly, the Super Bowl, of course, with the Eagles coming up. I, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least give picks or talk about a little bit about the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, we're going to get into the NFC West tonight. Uh, we got some the buy, sell, hold kind of conversation. But I guess I'm curious, maybe, Scott, I'll kick it to you first. Is there anything you're looking at in the Super Bowl when it comes to Dynasty? Is there anything that you think can you know, change values in that last game of the season? Or are you pretty much locked in? Well, didn't didn't you see the script? It was uh, it was leaked. So I mean, we already yeah. we already have the stats. Already we done. know what happens. So <laughs> I mean, I'll still watch because I mean, you know, what else am I gonna do? But um, yeah, I mean, you can honestly for me, it's like the what I'll call the Gabe Davis effect. Okay, right. so like if we see Kadarius Tony go nuts in this game, right? He has like three catches for like 120 yards and two touchdowns. You know, something like that. If I had any shares of him, because I don't think he's very good, but if I had any shares, I'd sell him. Um, you know, but I mean, that's what I'm looking at is something like that. If there's some sort of singular performance in which you're going to overweight that because it's not only the most recent game, but the last game and the biggest game and all of those things, uh, then I will be looking to take advantage of that. Um, and, you know, the other way around too, like, even uh somebody like Dak Prescott right now everybody is just shitting on him like crazy <laughs> it's like yeah I mean he didn't have a great game I get it yeah. but it's like this is dynasty value like you know lose like 25 percent over over that like really sure great I'll take him yeah so, I'll take uh, the discount yeah that's that's definitely what I what I'm personally looking for if people want to overreact to one game and and a lot of people do that's the world we live in I aim into that. And I think, too, a lot of this is the same as I've been playing a lot of the, the postseason when it comes to Dynasty is I'm more of a seller than a buyer, right? Like I'm more of like willing to sell on the news and sell on the hype. I'm not going to be buying on the hype. I'm fine to hold, right? I mean, I think even holding isn't the worst ever because, again, there's no other football games after this Sunday, sad as it is. There's no other football after this Sunday until maybe you can count preseason to kind of get some actual on the field notes uh, about who's doing what and who's earned what reps and all that. So much has to change still coming up with the draft and free agency and everything else. So like this is the time to sell. If you see it like the one player I'm thinking like, let's say Kenneth Gainwell gets like two touchdowns and a hundred yards. I'm selling every share of Kenneth Gainwell I have. If people are willing to pay, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not holding that. Like, are you kidding me? So yeah, I'm definitely more of a seller than a buyer. What about you, Britt? I mean, obviously it's only your first, I guess your first real off season or postseason in dynasty, but what are your thoughts as a new player in this game? Yeah, I'm I think I still hold on to that redraft mentality a little bit too much. I'm like just hold, just hold. You don't want to go too crazy and and uh make a decision when you don't really know a lot. And I tend to actually probably wait too long. I don't jump on like when the news is released or when the news happens. I want to see a little bit more, a little bit more and by then it's too late. So that's something that I'm <laughs> learning to do. Um but I'm kind of interested in watching like Pacheco and yeah. CEH, you know, now that CEH is coming back, 
is he going to regain that status as like a 1A or 1B to Pacheco's 1A, 1B situation? Um, that to me is something that I really want to see in this game. And depending on how they use him coming off of injury, um, CH is probably already on your cell block, but might be even more of a priority to get off your roster if Pacheco does indeed take over those snaps. Yeah, and that's a good point, too. I mean, there's a lot of interesting question marks with CEH in general, right? Like, he had so much hype coming into the season, or two seasons ago, I guess, and kind of getting all this, you know, overblown, I would say, and kind of the the post-hype sleeper he could be considered, right? He had all this hype and then became asleep. He might still be asleep, and there's hard to say what's going to happen. But you're exactly right. Let's say CEH gets two two touchdowns and 100 yards. You know what I mean? Like, what if that is his resurgence and he's back on a big stage when everybody is watching this game? Again, that's the time to sell CEH. You know what I mean? Like, that's the sell on the on the hype is what I tend to do. But at the same time, your hold mentality is not usually the wrong thing either. You've got plenty of time to make it, right? Like, there's no reason to buy or sell right now, right? Like, this is the last game. There's no other things that can happen. If anything, things are going to be changing into chaos and, and it's all speculation about what chaos you think is going to happen next. So really, it's a fun time in that regard. But I think a lot of people that are redrafters, much like yourself, I'm sure, come into Dynasty with a little bit of hesitation on trading because it's like, I don't make trades in January and February. I've never had to do this. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm used to drafting my team being done in December and waiting. So it's, it's totally normal to just kind of hold on. And I think making Dynasty a little more redraft friendly in that regard isn't a bad idea either. That's what you're familiar with. So, yeah, I I think this game is going to be very interesting. We're going to see some things that we've already seen. We're going to see Pat Mahomes put the team on his back, you know, throw a lot to Kelsey, see how Pacheco does. I love that logic, too. We're going to see Jalen Hurts obviously supplant himself as the best player in the NFC and do all these crazy things. Uh, I mean, again, it's two number one seeds battling for the title. It's kind of a yawn fest, in my opinion. Like, I don't, there's, I was saying this to someone else, there's no underdog. Like, I feel like I'm used to having like a, a, a you know, some sort of David versus Goliath and cheering for David. You know what I mean? Like, let's do it. We can get this. And they're both Goliaths, really. I mean, like, both of these teams are kind of built to win. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a 35 34 kind of game. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a 14 13 kind of game. Like, I just don't know what to expect. Um, but I am excited to see it. And I guess for, for Dynasty, at least for fantasy, there's definitely some big name players playing in this. And I just hope nobody gets injured. I always say they just want a good game. Like, let's go out there and put it all in the field. And, and hopefully we learn some things. And that's kind of the, the fun of this. But anything else you guys want to cover on the general playoffs or Super Bowl? Anything you want to talk about still, Scott? Or are you good? All good. Britt, you got anything else you want to bring up? I just think it's the there's not a lot of drama, like you said, but it is still really fun to see like both Kelsey brothers to see the Andy Reid revenge game, those kind of things. So there are still those little narratives out there so we can still cheer for something and uh, not to put, you know, a black fly in anybody's tea or anything, but um, somebody posted, how great would it be if both Kelsey brothers link arms after the game and walk off and retire? And I'm like, do not put that juju out after Kelsey has had best season you know of his career like don't put that out there so i'm gonna watch it just to make sure that that doesn't happen (laughs) i can't imagine them both retiring because one of them would have had to lose right like if they were on the same team and they won me but and also so i think jason kelly is more likely to retire he's the older brother anyway i believe right and like travis has, has got some years left and it's a different position and all this. I could see if the Eagles winning, Jason retiring, but I don't see any other combination of that happening. But that would be an interesting twist. And that would change things on the Eagles too, 
I mean, Jason Kelsey is a linchpin of that offensive line. So that would be interesting if we see some retirements. I hadn't considered that. I hadn't considered that. There could be some interesting drama in the offseason if some of that changes for sure. And yeah, if Kelsey, oof, I don't even know if I want to say it. If Kelsey know, retires, that would blow me. everyone up. Like <laughs> fantasy in general would just turn to crap on the tight end position. It's like it's, it used to be like tier three or four. Now it's really Kelsey and then everyone else. So oof, that would change some drastically some some values of players. But anyway, um, with that, I think we've covered that well enough. There's not much to cover. We'll talk about it next week, of course, as we see what things happen. But as always on this show and in Dynasty in general, we look to the future. We look to what's next. But to do so, we do have to reflect and see what we've learned and kind of figure out some things of where we're going next. Uh, so with that, we're going to get into our NFC West breakdown tonight. We're going to talk about buys, sells, and holds for every team. We're going to mention the players that we kind of think are the top NFC players on the team. Obviously, these are not the only players, and these are not ranked or anything. This is not meant to sl- you know, be a slight to anyone if they're not on the list or whatever. It's just some names that we can talk about tonight. So we'll start out with the 49ers. Uh, obviously, the best team in the NFC West almost made the play. Almost made, almost made the Super Bowl, I should say. They came down to the NFC Championship. Uh, did not have a great end of the season, except the fact that Brock Purdy showed up and did an amazing job. So, obviously, their top fantasy players, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. There's a question mark there. Jimmy Garoppolo, even you could call a, play, a fantasy player there still. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. A lot of good fantasy names here. And, Scott, I'll kick it to you first. I guess who would be your best buy on this team? Is there anyone on the 49ers that you're actively looking to acquire before we get too deep in this? Unfortunately, no. Um, I'm, I was le- looking at DLF uh, ADP right now for just, I guess, all of these players really um, just kind of doing some research. And I mean, Trey Lance, I was thinking might be, the opportunity might be to buy, especially with everything that happened with Purdy and all this stuff, you know, who's going to be the starter, blah, 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 whatever. Like, So I would say go get Trey Lance, but I mean, he's QB 13, you know, in startups right now, which seems like really high. <laughs> so really buying him right now for a great price. Um, but I also can't stay like everybody else is so through the roof value wise. Um, I don't know who else you could really buy. So I don't, I don't have a great buy for the 49ers. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking the same. I buy maybe Christian McCaffrey, but you know, the, the length and longevity of running backs, even in this Shanahan system and isn't great. Um, and yeah, I don't really just, I don't really want to go out and buy anybody. I think they're either holds or sells for me. Entirely fair. Yeah. I think the only one that I would even list as a buy, cause you guys are hitting the, the, everything I am. I'm not buying Brock Purdy. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not willing to pay what people probably want for him. And it's the same kind of thing with Lance. He's just too expensive. The only one on this list that I even considered was Brandon Ayuk, because again, Debo Samuel is not made of gold. He's not made of steel. He is still fragile. Christian McCaffrey had a terrific year and was healthy the whole time. Is that going to happen next year? We can never know for sure. It's almost like playing with house money at this point with both Debo. I mean, he missed a little bit of time and Christian McCaffrey playing a lot of the games. There is a chance that whoever had Ayuk had a really bad year and they're not happy with Ayuk. You might be able to get him for cheaper than his value. So that was my only real buy. But to pivot into my cell, it's got to be Trey Lance for me. If he's going as QB 13 and we aren't even sure he's the starter next year, I'm sorry, but to me, I'm out. I'm done. I want. I want. I would gladly trade the QB 13 away because there's too many question marks. Uh, I we all pretty much guarantee that Garoppolo is not coming back to this team. Shanahan has so much said so himself. 
I but Purdy played pretty well, and there was some news I think out today that Kittle's like it's Purdy's job to lose. I mean, there's no guarantee of who it's going to be, so I'm kind of out on both, and I'm just willing to sell either one at this point. Obviously, I'm not going to sell for peanuts. I want to get QB 13 value as much as I can. But if if somebody's willing to give me a little bit of a discount, I'm still willing to sell Trey Lance. I just I oh that guy worries me. So I mean, are you on the same page here, Britt? You get where I'm coming from? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I have never been in on Lance um, to the chagrin of my fellow lightning round co-host. That's right. Because um, <laughs> Kev is a huge uh, North Dakota State fan. But now you look at Lance coming off of injury. He was already risky not playing for two years in a row. Now you add in a third year. There's too much talent coming up for him to be that far behind the curve. And then, like you said, you've got what Kittle said about Purdy. San Francisco has never been like a super pass happy team. Anyway, mm-hmm. the the value of Lance was built on his legs. Um, and if he doesn't get that starting job, you're just, no, he's too expensive. Try to get rid of him. Um, try to find the schmuck who still <laughs> believes that Lance has some stuff left in him. Um, and then I think Debo, you could probably sell. He has dealt with his fair share of injuries. And then with that uncertainty at quarterback, I don't know if he's going to return that value that he had a year or two ago. Um, Kittle, you can sell, but you don't, you have that same injury concern with him. Um, I'm kind of just of the opinion to kind of hold with a little bit of trepidation on everybody on the 49. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I think they're they're probably the easiest team to just put them all in the hold bucket, really, because they all have so much chaos and, and you know fluctuation and valuation of all this. What about you, Scott? Anybody on this team that's a screaming sell for you? So I mean, Ayuk was initially going to be my buy, but he's at wide receiver twenty one, so I just that's about where he should be. Um, Debo's yep. just ahead of him at wide receiver eighteen, uh, and he's twenty seven years old already. So. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, there's probably 30 receivers I'd rather have, um, personally, uh, Kittle had that nice end of the year. He's at tight end five. So he's kind of rebounded back to almost to where he was, you know, minus adding in pits and then Hawkinson also having that crazy year. Um, you know, and then ultimately CMC is RB one. And I mean, the, yep. the, the golden rule of dynasty is if you have the RB one, you sell. Exactly. What I was going to say. Repeat. Yep. It just doesn't happen. So, I mean, if you want to play against the odds, by all means, but uh, I like to go with the odds. And so, based on that, I would like to sell CMC, though, you know, like we talked about last week with like Delvin Cook being a sell. I mean, it's this is a hard time of year to sell running backs, you know. So, unless you can find a contender or maybe somebody with a late pick, you can, you can kind of do a package deal that might be your only option. Otherwise you're really, you're saying he's a sell, but you're kind of hanging on and waiting until, you know, let's get into the season and, you know, let's get a few more games and then his value isn't going to go anywhere. Um, you know, regardless of what happens in the draft, there's almost nothing that can affect CMC's value as of right now. Right. So you, you can probably hang on, but if you can move him, you know, I definitely would, but I could say the same for Kittle and say the same for Lance too. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cells going on there. Yeah. This team is full of studs. So it's kind of like, it's all league dependent, of course. But I mean, if, if, you know, if you get an offer, you can't refuse, you know what I mean? Like go for it. I think you hit the nail on the head though. I mean, CFC, CMC isn't going to be playing in any football games that matter until September. It's unlikely that he gets hurt in the off season. He's obviously, you know, been through this before his, it's very unlikely that the team brings in anybody of substance to hurt CMC's value. Like 
I, I'm with you. I don't see any of that happening. He's probably the most insulated, which is why for me, he was the hold in my choice. Uh, just because he is RB1, I agree with you. Selling RB1 is almost always the move I say. You know, sell RB1 for RB3 and a pick. You know what I mean? Like move down a little bit because you can't get any higher. Um, but again, I think CMC is one of the most insulated values in Dynasty right now, which again, a year ago, I would have said you're crazy for saying that. But it's amazing what a difference a year makes, right? Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris were like locked in. Neither one of them are in the top five right now for all Jonathan Taylor's running back three. I should be careful. But Jonathan Taylor had a rough year too. You know what I mean? Like he had some some ups and downs and an offense that was unknown. And so like it, as much as we want to say we know what the future holds, especially at running back, we really don't. And I, Scott, we talk about it all the time. Our philosophy is sell running backs as soon as the season ends. Like get me out of all the running backs. So I get why you want to sell them. But yeah, I just feel like his value is going to be there. And come August, that name's going to matter so much more. It's potential you could get more for him in August. But that's kind of like you're speculating eight months out, six months out. Like that's a long way away. That's a big question. So I don't mind that logic. But anything else you want to say about the Niners, Britt? Any of these guys that are pure holds, I guess, before we get too far into this and go on to the next team? Um, I think you can make a case for anybody being a buy or sell. Yeah. So I don't think anybody's a pure hold. It's just up to you and your league and where you're sitting with your team. So. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, actually somebody, Scamper said this in the chat, is and Ayuk all if you're competing. I think that's kind of the twist too, is if, if you're rebuilding, it's going to be tricky to, to act like any of these players are going to be long-term, you know, options. I feel like even, you know, even Ayuk, the youngest, or, or Lance even, I don't know, all of these guys are kind of like one to two year dynasty assets. But if you're contending, all, that's exactly who you want on your team. You know what I mean? Like, let's go get some of these guys. If I'm rebuilding, I might not be targeting any of them. Really, like these are maybe not the, the chip dynasty assets because they're so expensive. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily want to be paying up if I'm not contending. If I'm a year away or just not sure about my team, I'm not sure I want to invest a ton of assets. I'd rather break that apart and have multiple ways to grow my team. So, yeah, it's a tricky spot. But again, Niners, man, just what what a team like they're they're by far one of the better teams in the NFC that is just fun to look at. Uh, we got Kyle Senra in the chat, which I think is bringing up a point we kind of hit on. I think Lance makes sense at QB 13 just because there's really no one else. And that's kind of what it is. I mean, I'm looking at this too. QB yeah, 14 is Kirk well. Cousins. Yeah. QB 15 yep. is Kenny Pickett. Like it drops yep. off a shelf. Daniel right? Jones, Russell yep. Wilson, Jared Goff. Yep. Yeah. No, so yeah, you're no exactly worries. right, Kyle. There, there's a lot of question marks at QB. And I think that's part of why Lance is there because his upside is better than everyone behind him. But his downside is lower than almost anyone. He could start zero games again. We don't know. So yeah, Niners are a fun one for sure. And, and, we're going to have all offseason to talk about these players. That's what I love about Dynasty. It's like it's just speculation all around. I don't expect them to do anything crazy in the draft, though. So I don't think any of the values are going to change because of that. It's just, is this the same team? Are we going to get the same output? And then, of course, who's the QB? That's always what we're going to talk about. So uh, with that, let's move on to the next best team in the NFC West. Second place was the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Russ's favorite team. Uh, hopefully Russ listens to this at some point. Top fantasy players for the Seahawks, Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker, who is the new offensive rookie of the year we just found out. Uh, Rashad Penny, I guess counts. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Noah Fant. I mean, what an interesting group of players. I mean, some of those players feel like, yeah, that's a good player. And that's a good, that, who's, what, that's a good player. Like, it's just all over the place. So I guess, Brent, I'll kick it to you first. Who would you say is your top buy if there's anyone on the Seahawks that you want on your roster in Dynasty? I know running backs aren't typically a buy. But with Kenneth Walker and what he showed this season, and then plus winning, you know, Offensive Rookie of the Year, I really think that Kenneth Walker has to be a buy. He's got that every down back. I don't really see Rashad Penny coming back 
you know, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Then they finally signed him um, in free agency and then he gets injured again. So I really don't see him coming back. Um, None of the other running backs on that roster really made a huge impact. So I really think that Walker is going to be that every down back in this offense. And uh, Pete Carroll has shown that he's a hell of a coach and he can get things out of players that other coaches can't. Um, I wouldn't hold on to him for, you know, more than a couple of years, but for next season, I really like Kenneth Walker. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And I think Kenneth Walker is probably the the buy for me as well. I just feel like he's one of the, he's a running back two in the current ADP for DLF right now. And I I don't blame him. I I think that makes total sense given his production and the way that team leaned on him. uh, I mean, he didn't get hurt, which is always a little bit of a nice upside, right? He, He stayed healthy and won the offensive rookie of the year. He obviously did well. I usually, I'm with you. I usually don't like buying running backs this time of year, but, and again, I think his price is going to be too high for me to actually achieve that. But of all the ones on this roster, that's the one I want on my team the most. That's really what it comes down to. The other guys, I mean, even DK is is good, but I, that's still a risky offense for me. What do you think, Scott? Is, is there a buy other than Walker or is he on your buy list as well? There is an incredibly <clears throat> boring player that you're not going to like, that no one's going to like, but he's a buy. Because he's currently wide receiver 41. Oh, okay. He has played at least 15 games every year of his career, including um, 16 in all but one. He's finished as a wide receiver 13, 15, 8, 13, and 17 in the last five seasons. And he's going as wide receiver 41. He's also 30 years old. He's also likely to get either replaced in the draft or even possibly get cut. Uh, so this doesn't come without risk, but he is also a brand new realtor, a Keller Williams agent. So my fellow agent <laughs> here, so I got to just represent for my guy, Tyler Lockett. Uh, and listen, if you're a contender and you want one of those boring pieces that like nobody cares about, especially this time of year, remember rookie fever, the picks, that's where it's all at. Guess who's cheap vets especially old vets. So if you can get him thrown in in a trade, maybe he's a piece coming back in, in a deal. Maybe it's a, you know, move back in the draft and, and pick him up uh, type of deal. You know, that's that's what I'm looking to do. He's just somebody that's going to keep plugging in. And, um, you know, he's not done. So even if he doesn't end up on the Seahawks, uh, you know, he'll go somewhere and, and play. So no matter how that turns out, whether it's there, whether it's with another, you know, a rookie, um, you know, regardless of who the quarterback is, uh, you know, he just continues to produce different offenses. Doesn't matter. So he, he's a really boring guy, but he's cheap and he can, he could definitely help you. Um, he's, he's, uh, one of three players that were on all of my championship teams last season. So total coincidence, I promise you, but it's sure. so funny. So I'm just going to bring that up. <laughs> No, it's a great point. And I, I'll kind of cut to it a little bit. Lockett was going to be my hold because I feel like you're not going to really get a lot in a trade uh, for him because everybody's going to act like he's running or wide receiver 41. It's the same thought process, though. And at that point, yep. you're right. He's so cheap. Why not make him a buy? Let's let's go get him. You know what I mean? If, if you're not going to value him, if you're like my thought is. Right. Yeah, exactly. If I'm if I'm in a chance to, you know, finish in the, the top three, let's say this year, you know, missed out on the championship game or won the whole thing. Right. Lockett's a prime at, I mean, you can get him for a third in some leagues, depending on what roster he's on. Uh, Cause I think some people they are just done with him and they're like, I don't need him. He's too old. He's 30. He's hit that cliff. I don't think that's true. I think he's still got some talent left. 
But that's kind of why he was a hold because I have a lot of shares of Lockett. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not buying him anywhere, but that's why I was thinking that. But, but you're exactly right. He's a perfect buy because he's so cheap. Yeah. Anything on uh, anything on Lockett, Britt, before we move on? Well, I think that's a really good point that even though he is older and that he might get cut, he's going to end up on a team somewhere. And he's shown that he can play with any quarterback and he's going to make an impact wherever he goes. So I think that that kind of adds a little bit of safety to his floor that you don't necessarily get with other players. So I really like that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. And to clarify, Scampers brought this up in the chat. We put it on the screen. Walker did not win rookie of the year. I was mistaken on that. That was Garrett Wilson. But Walker was in the rookie of the year conversation, which again, amazing. He still did an amazing job. I just want to clarify that. Um, I want to get into the sells though for this team. And I mean, you could almost say they're all sells at the right price. Everybody is. And I think the only one that I would list as a sell, the one that comes to mind for me is Geno Smith, right? And Superflex, I like Geno Smith. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a terrific player. But at this stage of the game, we don't really know what free agency or the draft is going to do. There is still a chance that this team brings someone in. Yes, Geno Smith played well. Yes, he took him to the postseason. He, had, he did nothing wrong, right? He didn't lose the job. I don't think Pete Carroll cares about any of that. It's the fallacy of rational coaching. We fall for it every year. Pete Carroll's a chaotic man, and I think there is a chance that some quarterback is there in the second round. We saw it last year with all the quarterbacks dropping and Malik Willis being there. Like It, it happens every year in the draft. Some crazy thing occurs. So I am willing to sell Geno Smith right now just because he's at that age cliff in a sense. I mean, age cliff is tricky to say for a quarterback. But, I, I mean, again, I, he's QB 19 right now in DLF ADP. He's 32 years old. I mean, again, I, I like him better than QB 19. I think that's a little low for him. But I don't think that really factors in all of his downside either. There is a chance he doesn't play at all or is a backup next year. So if someone's willing to give me, you know, Trey Lance for Geno Smith, I'm probably taking Geno Smith on that, which, again, makes no sense given their ADP. I'd prefer Geno Smith. But if somebody wants to give me the same kind of price and, and pay a top 12 quarterback for Geno, I'll gladly sell that. I just think his his probably has the lowest floor upcoming from what we have to see. I guess, Scott, am I on the same page as you on this one? you think you have a different idea or is, is Gino a good sell? Um, yeah. I mean, he's a free agent, so right. you know, we have, we have to assume that he's his best landing spot would be back there to be a bridge quarterback. If, if in fact they draft someone, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's very good. Um, so it's, <laughs> this year was pretty shocking. Uh, but I mean, he, he has good weapons. They kept the offense simple. They ran the ball a lot. So, I mean, it's not like he can't continue to do that. Um, but I just, I don't know. I think it was kind of one of those, like if we look back in two or three years and you're like, Oh man, remember when Geno Smith had that just crazy year? Like, I, I just think that is the more likely, uh, scenario. So yes, I, I would be selling, um, kind of regardless of what you can get uh you know package right. up package down whatever you need to do like tear down or package up whatever um yeah i i'm not i'm not really interested in in gino um nor nor the running game for that matter um because mm. as much as i like kenneth walker um and he just blew me away in college like he just doesn't catch passes and you know they're they have a couple free agents from all those random dudes they had like travis homer the last few years uh rashad penny they're all free agents um so they're probably going to bring somebody in that maybe they'll bring in somebody for the pass catching role uh but being rb2 right now that's just wild like you, you can you could sell that all day so pretty much that. that all sells for me 
I get that. And just to kind of put it in perspective too, Kenneth Walker in ADP is ahead of Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Kyle Pitts. I'd probably rather have all those guys over Kenneth Walker myself, but that's just how I build my teams. Right. So like I get your logic entirely. If you can get those kind of trades, even like a one for one and you have to add a third or a fourth or something, I'm fine with that. Right. Like whatever you got to do to make that kind of thing happen. I don't mind that logic. Britt, what about you? What any of these guys that's a sell for you or any other points you want to add on the guys we're already talking about? Yeah, I think you guys hit all the points on Gino, but at this point in his career, I'm even considering DK Metcalf a sell. Mm. Um, he's just been so kind of up and down. And I know that that's relative, but with Gino getting a little bit older, being a free agent, with these two offensive linemen who were rookies having another year under their belt, I can definitely see Pete Carroll moving back to a more run heavy offense like he did in the past, like during the Legion of Boom days. Um, and I don't necessarily know if Metcalf is going to have that upside that he's had in the past going forward, especially with that uncertainty at quarterback. So I would consider selling him and getting a little bit more out of him before he does fall off that cliff. That's a fair point. Yeah. And he's 25. He's ranked as or ADP is wide receiver 13. Now, granted, this is January ADP. February ADP is not out yet. But I mean, wide receiver 13 for DK Metcalf feels a little high. So I don't blame you for that. Agreed. Metcalf for me was the hold. And it's really just because I don't know if anyone's going to give you wide receiver 13 value for Metcalf. I just think he had kind of a depressing year a little bit for fantasy. I don't know. I don't think I won a whole lot of games because of DK Metcalf. Like he just had a quiet year. It doesn't mean he's bad. But again, the way that a lot of this, you know, wide receiver two and the infinite sadness kind of goes, there's like 30 or 40 wide receivers I wouldn't mind putting in as my wide receiver too. And he's the number one of those. Like, I don't know. Like maybe that's not worth it. I Do I see his value going up? I kind of do. So that's kind of why I like your logic as a sell in that point. If you think you can get out, I kind of would rather hold and see what the future holds, but I don't mind your logic there at all. Uh, Scott, what about you? Anybody on this team that you're holding or are you pretty much just selling because you're not sold on the team in general? Yeah, I mean, D- DK is my hold, but I-, I can definitely see him as a sell just because, like you said, 13 seems a little bit high, especially looking at the players around him. I mean, there's plenty of other players I would pivot to kind of because uh, almost like Britt said, it's, it's almost like he's in the middle, right? Because if you're if you're rebuilding or retooling, you're, you're going to want to go with one of these younger guys. Right. Um, and if you're competing, you're going to want somebody that you can count on to get you there. Right. So, yeah, it, it's weird that he's up at that point, but it's almost just because he's younger than the old guys. Right. right? And he's more he's older than the young, the young guys. Yeah. So he's kind of there by default. But he's like finishing day, sixth in Dynasty. It's, like, it's just not what yeah. you're looking for. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> well, and uh, before we funny. get away from the Seattle team, I think Puff Pass Kick had a good thing. We haven't talked about the tight ends at all, which is. Not uncommon. Tight ends are tricky. But what do you think about Seattle tight ends? I have a few teams with Fant and Will Disley. Almost felt like you had to play both every week. I kind of agree. Fant was tempting for me as a buy because he's so low. He's so cheap. And honestly, I still like that talent. Tight ends take a while to come around and all this. I feel like you could probably get Fant for dirt cheap in most leagues. I think a lot of managers that have him are just kind of done with him and they want somebody else. But that's kind of tight end in general. So it really depends on who you have ahead of him, right? I don't mind adding Fant as a tight end three, but I'm sure as hell not planning on starting him every week if I can help it. So, I mean, again, I, I wanted to bring that up because we, there's really not a lot of tight end love on this team. But, uh, Britt, what do you think about the tight ends? Is there any one of those that you're, I mean, is Fant someone you're looking for or you're kind of done with? I mean, I'm not looking for him, but if you have both of those guys on your team at that tier of tight ends, you're basically looking for touchdown upside and you never knew which one of those guys was going to get that touchdown week to week. So I feel it. I get it. 
Um, Tight end is such a crapshoot that honestly, if you don't have one of those top tier guys, you almost have to play who you've got. Um, He doesn't excite me, but he does have that potential to get a touchdown. So there's that. I don't, I'm non-committal on him, I guess is how I phrase it. (laughs) That makes total sense. Yeah, it's tough to be committal about Noah Fant and Will Disley, right? Like, they're just, they're not that great. I mean, they could be, but yeah, it's annoying. Uh, before we move on from Seattle, recovering Ridley Truther, I had this one in the chat, just traded Kenny Walker away and got the 104 in a 12-team, one PPR, super flex, two tight end premium, and the league went nuts saying I underpaid. I'll take 104 any day, in my opinion. I mean, Scott, I'll go to you on this one. You were talking about Ken Walker being a sell. Would you sell Ken Walker for the 104 in this draft in Superflex? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, one Oh three, definitely one Oh three. Definitely. I was thinking the same one Oh four is that yeah. tier break. That's a trickier yeah. gap. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it puts you in a good position too, regardless of how everything shakes out. So I, I think one Oh four is still, um, is still perfectly fine. Yeah. I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. And I know it's still kind of early and this is your first postseason, Britt, but I, where, where are you at with trading for rookie picks? Are, I, I personally like to wait a little longer and find out where the actual picks are and who's going to be on what teams. And sometimes I end up overpaying because I miss the window, but I'd rather know where the tier breaks are myself. But what are your thoughts as kind of a newer dynasty player with picks like that? Would you trade Ken Walker for the 104? Yeah, I'm the same way. I want to wait and see where somebody ends up and where that draft capital ends up. Um, Cause you kind of saw it with Traylon Burks, right? Um, oh yeah. Going to Tennessee. It was just not the situation that you wanted him to be in. Like he's such a talented receiver, but then, you know, they run too much. Tannehill got hurt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I would rather wait and see, but I still think that Walker at the one Oh four or for the one Oh four is, is a good trade. That feels even, but man, it, it's tough. I might take Walker on that just because the rookies are always kind of like what you're hoping 104 turns into is Kenneth Walker. Like, why not just take Kenneth Walker? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, but I, he he did just mention it's a start one running back, and yes. so that that significantly devalues the position. So yes, I'm I'm definitely take the 104 there. Yeah, and that that is good info to add, and that's a good point to Ridley through there. I mean, if you only have to start one, and then it's flexes after that, I might be more willing because you're not needing two running backs. And if it's a three running back league, I'm sure as hell taking Walker myself. So yeah, there's there's always format twists that make this fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's good. I think we covered the Seahawks pretty deeply. I'll be honest, that was impressive, guys. Good job. Uh, let's move on to the third place team in the NFC West. Uh, we've got the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams out of Los Angeles, <laughs> uh, but they are the uh, the top fantasy players there. We've got Matt Stafford, kind of hurt, I guess, and Baker Mayfield. I didn't even put on the sheet because I don't know if he's going to be there. Cam Akers, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Allen Robinson, and Tyler Higby. I mean, any of these guys that's a screaming buy for you, Britt, I'll start with you. Is there anyone on the Rams you want? Are we kind of done with them? Is this just last year's Super Bowl winner and it's just trash now? What do we think? Yeah, I honestly think that I'm pretty much done with everybody on this team, except for maybe Cam Akers and maybe Cooper Cup. But Cup has had, you know, outside of that crazy season that he had last year, he hasn't really done much and he has had a, an injury history. And so I don't know if I want him on a dynasty squad. Um, so I would probably uh, sell him. Cam Akers came on a little bit, but even his status has been up in the air. Everybody else is just so hit or miss in this offense. I really think they're about to blow it up. I mean, they didn't even know if Sean McVay was going to come back as their coach. Right. Like that just speaks to the uncertainty on this team. Um, I don't ha- really have faith in anybody. So sell, sell, sell. I don't blame me at all. Anyone on this team you want to buy, Scott, on your end? Um, yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup's wide receiver twenty. 
and I mean, it's pretty obvious why, so I don't have a problem with that, but I will absolutely take him for what he does, especially in that offense. And as long as McVay and Stafford are coming back, um, yeah, I'll take cup on my contenders. We're, we're kind of past the point of, um, you know, getting maximum value or getting, I guess his peak value is past, right? So now pretty much whatever we pay for him, his production should surpass. So this is, uh, I'm, I'm willing to buy and he could die on yeah. my roster. I'm the same way. And Jesse put it in the chat cup on the dip. I agree. Like there's definitely been a price dip. I mean, cup was the wide receiver one last year and then he got hurt. Obviously you're not going to put up points if you're on the bench and you're, you know, on IR and all that. So I get why his value dipped. I still think he's going to come back and is going to have some talent. I think there is a chance too. I mean, again, Cooper Cup is not necessarily the kind of player that you need to be young. He can kind of get 30 catches in, in two games and not you know break a sweat. He's almost 30 years old. He'll be 30 by the time the season starts. So obviously there's some a little bit of fear, I guess you could call it, with some of the receivers that hit that cliff. With Cup, I'm not so worried. So I feel like he's probably the only one on this team that I even want a roster. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want Tyler Higby that much. I don't really want Baker Mayfield that much. Like I don't really want K-Makers because that confuses me. This whole offense, and they don't have a lot of picks, right? Like they, their their owner pretty much said F them picks and just, you know, has taken all the players to go all in. They won a Super Bowl. I'm not going to fault the logic. It worked. But they're looking at a long rebuild in a sense, and they're going to have to lean on the guys they got on that roster. And I just think Cup's the only one I really feel well, like having. Yeah, and, and we talk about how Justin Jefferson's such a monster and, like, points per game. He just blows away the league. And then, like, you look up and you're like, oh, wait, Cooper Cup actually had more points per game. Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, so, Cup was dominating yeah, I, while he was playing. I mean, yep. he's, he's still a stud. He absolutely crushed the first half of the season before he got hurt. So I don't see any reason why he wouldn't continue to do that. Even if he falls off a little bit, he's still going to be, uh, you know, a PPR machine. Yeah, and I mean, just to clarify, I I, I want to make sure want to make sure I say this out loud. I'm not buying Allen Robinson. I'm done. I, I'm off that train. I, you know, I, there was all this Aww. hype last year that Allen Robinson was going to be the guy, and I remember paying pretty much like a second and a player for Allen Robinson. Bad trade, right? We didn't so know sad. it at the time. There was a whole off season of this Allen Robinson hype. I, there is a chance that he comes back and does something, but he's on waivers, I'm sure, in some dynasty leagues because somebody was just like, "I'm done with it. I'm get me out of here." Uh, much like Kenny Galladay, right? Like just some of those players, you're just like, I'm done. I'm fed up with you. So yeah, I'm not buying, but not buying Allen Robinson. I'm also not selling Allen Robinson to pivot to the next spot. You're not going to get anything for him. I think Higby for me is the only real sell because I think some people are looking at their rosters and are like, hey, I need a tight end. Higby did pretty well this year. I don't have it up on what he finished, but I'm pretty sure he was a tight end one. Uh, at least some of the games I know on a point per game basis, he was still pretty high too. And again, that offense is just, you know, kind of anemic behind cup. They're going to have to lean on someone. Higby put up numbers. You could still find someone who's trying to build their roster this time of year. And again, I don't care what my roster is right now. I, I will gladly trade tight ends and have none on my roster in January, February. It doesn't matter. Right. Just give me value. And I think there's some players out there that really still want to set their roster up in February. And it's like, dude, you got time, but yeah, I'll trade you Tyler Higby for Tyler Lockett. You know, sure. I'll do something like that. So that's pretty much the only one that I would even consider selling because I feel like his value might be inflated. Uh, what about you, Britt? Anyone on this team you're trying to get rid of, I guess, before their value goes lower? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, with Tyler Higby. He finished, uh, I think it's tight end seven in PPR. And a lot of that value came at the end of the season when mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield took over because he was just getting force fed targets because nobody mm -hmm. else on that team was healthy. Right. So if you look at the numbers that way, that value is skewed. I'm not sure how much, how 
he's going to repeat that next season. Um, so definitely buy or sell on that um, kind of inflated value that he put up at the end of last season. I think you're absolutely right with that. Yeah. Anything for you, Scott? Is there anything, anyone that you would sell or is it just kind of get them all off my roster and drop them? <laughs> yeah. As, as Britt said, uh, Higby was uh, tight on seven uh, points per game and PPR, not in an, not in any sort of premium, but I mean, when you're ahead of, you know, Cole Komet, Pat Fryermuth, Dallas Goddard, Dalton Schultz, David and Joku, players like that, that are valued significantly higher. Um, you know, you could, you could say he's probably a sell. You could maybe even say he's a buy because he's actually tight end 26 and startup ADP. So it's yep. like, Oh, well, I guess people still don't care for some reason. Yep. Um, but I'll go back to your point earlier, Andrew, like, they don't have a lot of draft capital. You think they're bringing in another tight end? I mean, he's still really young. Um, you know, he's he's been there. He's been in the system. So he's one of those guys that, for me, like I like to build the tight end room with a stud and then have some developing guy, like a, maybe a rookie or two, depending on how deep the rosters are. And then Higby would be that other guy that I would have in case there's an injury or bye weeks or even a flex in, you know, a 2.0 premium, something like that. Um, you know, he's exactly the, the type of cheap veteran I like to have on my roster in that case. So I pretty much, even though I'd, I'd say he's the sell, um, I could also see pretty much any scenario for Tyler Higby at this point. Well, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the tight end guru, the whisperer, you know, the one that Britt is on the show with Andrew Cooper would definitely call that the yin yang strategy when it comes to tight end. I think you're exactly right. Higby's one of those players I would love to have as my second option, kind of like an upside pick as he always talks about, as Coop always talks about, like having that stud that you start every week, but then that one guy that's on the rise. Higby is somebody that could easily be on the rise if he's tight end 26 right now in ADP. I mean, that, maybe that makes him buy, right? I mean, if he's that cheap, you're right. Like, I mean, hell, it, someone's going to give you more for him. I think Higby is a perfect example, though, of your league is going to be different than my league. And I've even, again, Scott with 40 leagues, I've got 15, you know, whatever. Like, I've got some leagues where I can probably get Higby for a ton. I can sell him and get a ton for him. And others it won't cost me much at all to acquire him. It just, he's one of those players that's a little polarizing, you know, like some people don't like him at all or are done with him. Others are willing to pay the moon for him. So it's just value. Every put him on your auto trade different. block for a second. Right? Easily. Just I was just going to say the second would be a worth any it second. Yep. And then, and then in your other leagues, just go and offer a third, offer for a third. Right? Exactly. So, yep. Or yeah. two thirds. You know, I've done that yeah. before where I'm like, I'll, I'll send two thirds. I don't care. Thirds or thirds. You can get them back. It's not the end of the world. Anyone on this team that we're holding. I, I mean, I can kind of start and I'll just say Matt Stafford because I don't know what the hell to do with him. I don't think you're going to get a lot of value in a trade for him. I don't think I want to be going and acquiring him either. Like he's not someone I'm like actively trying to get on my team. I'm not buying him, but I don't think I'm willing to sell him either. In this landscape of quarterbacks, we talked about it briefly before. It's, you know, 10 quarterbacks and then it's 20 that just kind of suck. And Matt Stafford is QB 23 in ADP. That feels about right. You know, a low end QB two. I'm probably just holding on to that and just riding out the offseason and seeing how it goes. I feel like there's not really going to be a lot of change to his situation. Like you said it before, like the, the team is coming back with very few draft picks. I don't see them making any major waves in free agency. And McVay is back. I don't know. Stafford could be QB2 for my Superflex team. I don't mind that. You know, anything for you, Britt, that's a hold on this team other than Stafford, maybe? Yeah, I think you hit it on the head with Stafford. You know, he was disappointing last year, but we forget he was QB6 in 2021 like he was at that top end of quarterbacks and with nobody else coming in with all these rookies with everybody retiring and switching teams i think that that certainty is something that you want to hold on to so 
Yeah. And I mean, do we even think Baker is going to be on this team next year? I mean, there's obviously a lot of question marks around that, but I can't see them doing that if they're going to bring Stafford back, which they are like Stafford's under contract, but maybe they look at Stafford and say, you know, he's a little fragile. He's getting older. I mean, he's 30, almost he's going to be 35 before the start of the season. I mean, that's not ancient for QB, but Stafford's taken some hits. He's been around a while. I mean, maybe there's some value in the team just signing Baker. He's already done okay there. Um, but that would make Stafford's value drop a little bit if the team signs Baker. But I don't know. It just that that whole QB room is just confusing right now. Anyone on this team for you, Scott? That's a hold, or are you pretty much ready to move on? Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be Stafford because you can't sell him. So uh, you know, unless they fix this running game, he's going to have to throw a lot. So I mean, it's it's fine. He can be my QB two or three, and you know, whatever I'm, I'm assuming if like me, any leagues I had him in last year, you know, I pretty much was screwed. So <laughs> yeah. I don't think it really mattered. Um, but yeah, you can't get anything for him. So yeah, he's going to have to be old. And I like that none of us talked about Cam Akers because again, I just don't think we know what to do with that running back room. Like you said it perfectly, Scott, like I just, I, is, is Cam Akers gone? Cause they kind of wanted Cam Akers gone. They traded Daryl Henderson and everyone was like, well, I guess Akers is saying like we, none of us, this whole year was crazy chaos for that running back room. We could honestly see Kyron Williams be the guy next year and leapfrog into the running back two conversation and not even talking about him on the show. That's how crazy that is. So with that though, we'll move on to the final team in the NFC West. We'll talk about the Arizona Cardinals. What a disappointing season for that team. Like that, they were looking like, you know, they might have a shot at this. Oh, man. And then they had the in-season hard knocks on HBO, and it just – it was a great series to watch. Very entertaining, but just – man, Cliff Kingsbury, as soon as the season was over, pretty much the Black Monday, wow. they, they axed him. He went to the Philippines or wherever and on a one-way flight, and no one's seen him since. He's just sitting there, you know, burning money and loving life. But the team still has some fantasy players, and we're still going to have questions who their coach is even going to be. We don't even know that yet. Uh, top players there, they got Kyler Murray, James Conner, Marquise Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, still kind of the ghost of Zach Ertz is still there, and Trey McBride. Um, Britt, I'll kick it to you first. Anyone on this team that you're looking to buy that you're kind of excited about as we head into 2023? Man, it's so hard to even figure out what this team is doing with the yeah. departure of Kingsbury and with the departure of their GM and just all the different pieces. But with the uncertainty at quarterback, I think Kyler Murray is still a buy. Um, he does have both that passing and rush, rushing upside that not a lot of quarterbacks have. And if his weapons come back healthy, you know, he started the first six games without D hop. If he has a full roster and a full wide receiver room at his disposal, I think that he's going to bounce back. Um, so I really like having him D hop. I like, I know he's getting older, um, but I still think he has gas left in the tank and I don't, know what his ADP is on dynasty startups, but I don't think that it's that crazy wide receiver 42 right behind Lockett. Yeah. So that's like, that's definitely a buy for me. Um, everybody else. I'm just a little unsure of, except for maybe Trey McBride. Okay. What about you, Scott? Anyone that you like buying is Murray your buy as well, or you got someone else in mind? Um, yeah, Kyler, if you like Kyler, he's a buy. Um, I don't like Kyler. Never have never will. Not interested in in him as a person. All right, we get it. Jeez, like um, <laughs> literally hate him. No, uh, just no, kidding. but he he would be my hold just based on his cost, and you know he's QB ten. Uh, but if you if you like Kyler, yes, you should buy at this price. I don't see how it gets any any lower. Um, he's gonna probably have to use his legs more, especially if you're talking about a team that's retooling or 
at least rebuilding around him. Um, and, you know, with that, regardless of what offense comes in, Trey McBride would be my buy, even though he's a little higher than I thought he would be at tight end 13, um, which I think is is just because of, you know, the end of last season, he finally mm-hmm. got on the field and, and showed what he can do. He's a really, really good player and he's going to be around for a long time. So um, that's that's the kind of guy that I want to get in on now. I could see him kind of being like a Dallas Goddard type, maybe even like a Hawkinson yeah. where he's not, he's not going to be like the top three guy, but he, he can be, you know, one of the like next tier of players. So and regardless, I don't think he, he can. I don't think he's a guy that is just going to disappear like they're going to he's young, he's cheap and he's going to be there for the next at least three years. Uh, so I just don't see how you'd lose on on buying him at this point. No, that's a great point. And that was going to be my buy was going to be uh, Trey McBride, just because I feel like even at tight end 13, I'm with you. I felt like that was higher than I expected him to be. Uh, but Zach Ertz is tight end 16. So I feel like this is maybe a little bit of hedging and just the, the drafters not really knowing exactly who to pick here. But again, it, it's that classic tight end uh you know, landscape that we see every year where it's like, you don't have Kelsey, then it doesn't matter. Just pick one, you know, just throw a dart. You got him. It doesn't matter. But I do see your point too. in thinking that, that McBride could see an uptick here. I think he did play well at the end of the year. He was a rookie that I, you know, says a lot as a tight end coming in the league and learning behind Zach Ertz for a long time. I think I, I don't mind the idea of buying Murray. He's QB 10 and ADP right now. That seems about right for me. And, and I don't mind him being QB 10 because of the uncertainty and the court, the coach and all this. But at the same time, to kind of pivot, I, Murray might be a sell. If somebody is a believer in Murray and they want to buy him, I'm fine to sell him, right? I'm not necessarily quite so negative on him as Scott was. I, I think he's still a fine human being and he's got some intelligence. I'm, you know, whatever. I'm not going to insult his family or anything. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but Kyler Murray for me is one of those players. You're right. He's very polarizing. And you said it perfectly. If you like him, buy him right now is your time, because I don't know if it's going to get cheaper as the season goes on or the off season, I should say it goes on. Um, I don't know if it goes down. I don't know if it goes up. Maybe he's a good hold in that regard, but I don't know. I just feel like this team is going to have a lot of, of news blurbs. They're going to have a coach that signs and that's going to cause a bust. Or, uh, sorry, a burst of value for all their players. And a coach is finally there and that's locked down. They're going to go through the draft. I'm guessing that they're going to draft a running back because that's kind of one of their bigger needs on the offensive side. Probably going to need some offensive line work. There's a couple different ways that this offense could draft a player. And then you could spin the narrative that Murray is the best, you know, gets better from it. So maybe, I mean, again, maybe it's better to buy him now before all that happens. But again, if somebody's willing to, to pay the King's ransom for him, I'm fine to sell him, right? It, it just kind of depends on the price and how the player is viewed. Um, but I guess, Britt, who is the sell on this team for you? Is there anyone on this team that you're like, eh, I'm kind of done with, or is it all kind of, we'll see. I think I would sell Marquise Brown. Honestly, I, you know, when Hopkins was out, he was the target monster, but after Hopkins came back, he was basically persona non grata. Um, and he (laughs) dealt with injury, uh, kind of the same thing with Rondell Moore. I actually like Rondell Moore over Marquise Brown though, to be completely honest, he operates well out of the slot. Um, but he was injured too. So I think either of those two would be decent sells. Ertz would be a sell, but I don't really know if you can get much out of him at this point in his career. And then coming off an ACL tear, I think at this point you kind of have to hold him. Um, but yeah, see what you can get out of Marquise Brown. I like that one. What about you, Scott? Anyone that you're selling on this Cardinals team? Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny because when you're looking at, uh, all, all of the bad contracts that these players got from the last GM, which is why he's no longer there. Yeah. Well, there's he left there's for a health real reasons, but yeah. Scenario <laughs> that like 
I mean, imagine coming in as a GM and like wanting to bring in your own guys and you want to clear some cap space and you want to, you know, you want to retool it in your image. Right. But then you're like, wait a minute, every one of these guys says more, more dead cap than cap savings. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I would say James Conner or I would say Marquise Brown, or I would say, you know, pretty much any one of those players, but the thing is like, they're all pretty much locked in. I don't see them like no one's going to trade for James Connor's contract. Right. But also cutting him is not likely. Listen, we've seen guys cut with some crazy dead cap, but it just, I don't, I don't know. Like Zach Ertz has, has as much dead cap as he has cap savings. Um, James Connor he has three times the dead money as the cap savings. Um, you know, Hopkins, he has 19 and a half million in, uh, in savings and 11 million dead money. So, you know, even if he gets traded, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna hurt a lot. So, uh, Marquise Brown is the only one who's essentially in the last year of his, he's going to be a free agent. Um, so either they're going to have to pay him a lot, which they're already paying all these other guys, I mean, it's just a mess. It's an absolute mess. So I would say get out of pretty much anyone that you can um, at a reasonable price. But on the other side, I can say, well, I think a lot of these guys are going to be here because I don't know what they're going to do right. with them. So that was going to be my counterpoint. Like, it's because kind of, of a the weird contracts, scenario, you know, it's yeah. just a really weird scenario. Because of the contracts, I don't think they're going to make trades for anybody either. They're not going to be able to get rid of any of these players. The contracts are just underwater. It's going to be a weird year. So. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think that kind of maybe wraps it up in a sense, because I think all of these players, in my mind, it's kind of like the 49ers. All of these players should be good. Like, I feel like all of these, the talent on this team is crazy and they didn't play well at all. That's bonkers to me. Like there is just, and again, watching the the in-season hard knocks showed a lot about how just unlucky they were almost, right? I mean, they had J.J. Watt, like playing one of his most seasons even, and it was his last one. And just they couldn't put it together. It was like the damnedest thing. And I felt kind of bad for Cliff Kingsbury a little bit because I felt like it wasn't really his fault. You know, the Murray injury, of course, in that fluke Monday night game, just third play of the game, you know, like that derails their whole end of the season where they might have had a chance to come back. Just, I don't know. This team is confusing to me. And I, like I said before, I think if once we have a little more clarity on the coach and kind of their, their scheme and what they want to do and like, Maybe there's some optimism that you can find in this team, but I don't think it's there right now, right? They're in the bottom of this division, which is a pretty good division, right? This is NFC West is no joke, right? I mean, you're looking at the Niners probably being dominant in the NFC for the next two or three years. Uh, you got the Seahawks, which again, surprised a lot of people and kind of went into the playoffs. They could easily do that again. I mean, that, that team was not messing around. They weren't terrible. Uh, the Rams, we just talked about how bad they are and all this, but that's still a Super Bowl winning team just a year ago. You know, for the most part, their team's going to come back and Cooper Cup being injured, obviously. So there's a whole lot of question marks in this entire division. And I just think that, you know, if you have any of the any of the Cardinals on your team, you're probably holding because I just don't know who's going to pay for anything right now. And, and it's kind of like the easy out is just to be like, well, hold everyone. I mean, if they're on your team, you like them at some point, you must have traded something to get them unless you're going to sell them for more than you got, which I just don't see that happening for anybody yet. Um, I think as of right now in February, before free agency in the draft, I think I'm holding pretty much everybody, really. But as soon as you get some spike of news, as soon as you get some, you know, some trade happens somewhere else, even, you know, other trade happens or some news comes out about something, you sell on the news, you know, sell on that hype as much as you can throughout the offseason, but don't sell now. There's no reason to sell any of them now in my book. But 
I don't know. It's kind of up to up to bat and see what people think. But any other parting thoughts, Britt, on the NFC West before we move into our last segment of the night? No, I think that we covered it all. And like I said earlier, I need more information. I need yeah. more information before making any decisions. And it's so early. <laughs> yeah, you're a true junkie. I love it. That's exactly right. The, the only answer that we really have is just do your best to guess. Right. Speculate and, and make a pick one way or the other. See which way it goes. There, there's no wrong answer. Just keep making your team better. Um, I, again, I, it, the strategy talk is what we're going to get into here with find me a trade. Um, but again, I think the NFC West breaks down and, and it, it's going to be an interesting year for that whole division. But that finishes on the NFC next. The next four weeks, we're going to talk about the AFC conferences. So that's or divisions that should be entertaining. But. This week, we've got our last segment of the night, Find Me a Trade, uh, brought to us by the one and only Jesse Schott, who is in uh, Dynasty Junkies 2, I believe. Uh, he is obviously a big fan of us. He's, he's in a couple different leagues. I know that we're going to, I think we've uh, got him in another league. Uh, is it Trade Addicts? I think he's getting in. Forget now. But point is, Jesse's a big fan of the show. We're going to pull up his team here in a second. But uh, his team is Bing Pot, which is, again, a terrific uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference. Uh, it's a 12-team Superflex half PPR with a 1.5 tight end premium, uh, six point per passing touchdown, negative two for interception. You start 10, it's a quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, five flex, and a super flex, like we mentioned earlier with Ridley Truther. You just have to start one at each, and then it's a bunch of flex after that. 26 roster spots, three IR, and five taxi. And Scott, if you want to read his thoughts while I pull up his team, that'd be great. Oh, I've, I've got it up here. but Perfect. Yeah. Well, then I'll read his thoughts while you get it up. Okay. <laughs> That works for me. So, yeah, Jesse's saying he won the championship mostly because of depth and picking the right starting lineups. Uh, it feels like he needs to consolidate a little. I kind of agree, and we'll get into that. Uh, had to spend way too much time agonizing over three or four starting spots every week. Would like to narrow that down to two. He mentions a couple of his managers just aren't responding to texts or have left the league, which is obviously very frustrating. Uh, there's probably going to be a dispersal, which is always tricky. What do you trade if there's a dispersal and all that kind of stuff? Um, but, yeah, he says he's got multiple people lined up to join, which is always nice for a league. And then Scott, did you have the, you want to pull it up or do you want me to share? It? Yeah, you have to add it. It's there. It's gotcha. For you. Yep. There you go. Okay. Uh, so quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Trey Lance, Taylor Heineke, Skylar Thompson. Uh, let's see if we can zoom in there a little better. There we go. Uh, running backs, Zeke Pollard, uh, Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, Rashad Penny, Tristan Abner, Jordan Mason. Um Javante Williams, Alexander Madison, um, Chris Evans. Let's see, wide receiver Waddle, DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, Jerry Judy, Chris Godwin, David Bell, Deontay Johnson, Devin Duvernay, Juju Smith-Schuster, tight end. I mean, you would think, oh, this is a pretty good roster. His tight ends probably suck, and yet his tight ends are his best group here. Uh, George Kittle, Pat Fryermuth, Cole Komet, Mark Andrews, um, and a handful of uh, young upside guys there. And then you think, well. Nice, yeah, got a really good roster, and he must not have any draft picks. He doesn't, other than the 101, the 105, the yeah. 112, the 203, the 209, <laughs> and a couple of other uh, later picks there, along with uh, some future picks. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty loaded roster. You could see why he won the championship last season. And, you know, it's exactly how do you, how do you choose who to start? You know, that's going to be the biggest issue there. So, um, you know, I know for me, I was looking to kind of package up and. Uh, yeah, why don't you get into yours first if definitely. you want to do that yeah, first? Jesse, that's perfect. I made great trades. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did, yeah. buddy. 
All right. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Good work, okay. Jesse. On that so, one. Thanks for listening to this. will be great. This will be great. <laughs> my, my, my initial thoughts are like, okay, you've done a great job to this point. Now let's, you have the rookie picks as well. So you can consolidate and, and still kind of retool while you're dominating. Right. So like, this is dynasty. This is what you want to do. You know, let's, let's dominate while we're, while we're also reloading. Um, so why not go for the top? I mean, you already have Mahomes. Why don't we pair him with Josh Allen? Right. Uh, looking at that roster, that team really should probably be rebuilding based on who he has uh, and his, his overall roster. So my idea is really to come together here and just kind of take a piece from each group because essentially they're all just bench players for you anyway. So you can kind of mix and match really any of these players, but I was just trying to put together enough interesting pieces if you're going to trade Josh Allen, you better get a hell of a return. If you want to plug it in a trade calculator, it's going to be massively lopsided to what you're giving away. So you'd be you'd be losing this trade. But if you're getting Josh Allen, I mean, you're you're improving your points per game and you're getting the best asset. So like we always say, you know, 100 pennies doesn't equal a dollar because we 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 always want that dollar anyway. Um, but here's what I put together. Trey Lance, Damian Pierce, Jerry Judy, Pat Fryermuth, and the 105 for Josh Allen. He would probably say, Whew. give me the 101 and you can keep one of those other pieces. Um, you know, he, maybe there's another tight end he prefers as opposed to Fryermuth. Maybe he likes Cole Komet better. Uh, Mark Andrews better. Um, I'd be willing to like I said, mix and match any of those pieces. If I have to go to Mark Andrews to get a little sexier name there. Um, if I have to go to like DJ Moore instead of Judy, I know Judy's getting a little bit of uh, he he's right now kind of a hot name. Um, I just sold one of my shares. So somebody came to me and offered me a trade I couldn't refuse. And so I figure that's anytime I'm getting trades that are, are blowing me away, like that's a pretty good sign of the market. Um, Damian Pierce, another guy who's pretty much guaranteed to have competition in that backfield um next season like i don't know how many times they're gonna bring back rex burkhead uh so you know and then i mean having the intrigue and upside of trey lance that we talked about earlier um you know it it just uh if if he has the value and he has enough intrigue for a rebuilding team like that's really the only way you're gonna move off josh allen is you're gonna have to have another piece like that the 105 gives him a shot at you know an anthony richardson or whatever you know who knows how how that player builds his team. Um, but at least it's, it's picks, right? So you can throw in a couple seconds, you can do whatever else you need to do. But the whole, the whole goal here is you have the assets. So why not, why not shoot for the top? Why are, why are we messing around? Let's, let's go get them. Well, so he puts in the chat why, and this is why I wanted to start with yours. It's a Buffalo based league. He's in Buffalo, right? This is, he's a Buffalo fan. Josh gotcha. is impossible to get. Look at the league name, which is best if left last society. It stands for Bills, right? So but he, then as he you'd rather own Josh Allen than hang win. On. Got it. And then he goes, okay, maybe I can do that. Ha ha, that's a lot. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I think what you're saying is kind of he's wrapping himself around to this to be like, you're going for Josh Allen. And what you're saying is, that's fine. Like, let's, let's go do it. And I kind of agree with you. And I saw your trade on there. And that's why I wanted to start with it because it was – we all have Lance in our trades. Let's just kind of cut to the chase here, right? Yeah, we do. You were the one going bigger than any of us. And I was like, rather than save it for the end, let's put it right at the beginning of this. 
uh, getting Josh Allen on your roster with Pat Mahomes. I mean, that, I could see people leaving the league. <laughs> you know, be like, I'm never going to win this. I'm out. But I love that move. And it being in a Bills league, I mean, obviously Jesse is a fan of uh, of the Bills and, and loves Josh Allen. Obviously, in all of this, that would be a killer trade. And I do like where your head's at with that. Here's here's Brent, the what do you thing, think about though. that? Oh. I, th- I think that's really? genius. I think that's cold hearted, yeah. like stone cold killer kind of mentality. Exactly. And I am here for that. <laughs> and if you can do it and if you can, you know, you've got so much depth and so many draft picks, like why not do that? Keep your team on like at the top for the next few years. And then you still have all those picks. So you yep. never really have to go in full on rebuild mode. I, I this, think that's genius. This is it. the team to do it on. You've got so many assets on this team and you dominate. You already won. You're playing with house money now. Just go burn some money. Just literally go go overpay to the hills here. Go get your guy, Josh Allen. Like literally you put it perfectly there, Scott. Like let's say he wants Andrews and Lance and the 101 sure. and the 105. Sure. Send it. Like, I don't care. Give me Josh Allen. What's it going to take? You know, it's literally like a blank check situation because you've got enough depth. I think you're okay everywhere. You don't have any weak spots. And just one, so you've got some money in the bank here anyway, in a sense. I think Josh Allen helps you to another title better than any of those pieces because you don't, you need to consolidate. You put it perfectly. Yeah, I agree. That was a, it's a baller trade, Scott. And I wanted to make sure we had plenty of time to catch up on that because that better than my trade, better than my trade. I was was thinking about it, but I didn't think it was going to happen. And and I mean, Josh Allen was the first name I looked at and it worked out. But if you look at the other rosters and you go, OK, well, if I can't get Allen because it's a Buffalo League, could I get Joe Burrow? Could I get Justin Herbert? If you look at those rosters, I mean, yeah, maybe if you're going to blow them away. But I think you're going to end up paying more for one of those guys than you'd have to pay. So you might as well just pay it for if Josh you're gonna Allen. You're going to pay more. Pay so more. Just go get the best. Like, I, I just... That's where I stand on this based on the assets that you have. You're going to have to probably everybody in the league is probably going to make you overpay for any player, yeah, that especially you as the acquire. winner. Right. So you might as well just go get the best, you know, do you know, just figure out what's it going to take. I mean, listen, if he just says there's absolutely nothing I'd trade him for, offer your whole team. I don't care. Just see what happens. Like you got it. There's at some point the guy's going to if he doesn't care about winning, I don't know why he's in the league. Like, go join another league well, and draft Josh Allen. Like, I just don't understand. That's another twist. Is, this you know? this guy that has Allen is one of the players that is not responding to texts and is kind of maybe leaving the league, which is a perfect option because if you get someone joining the league, they're going to want to blow it up anyway. So I this well, is exactly the roster is not good. So Correct. Yes. Yeah, and they've got an aging roster with Dalvin Cook and James Conner and they got Gabe Davis, Mike Evans, like their receivers are not great. Like they're, they're going to have to do a lot of work. And I think sending Allen is what they're going to, they got Brady on that roster. You know what I mean? Like they're going to need to do a lot of work. And so I think this yep. is the perfect kind of an idea. And and here again, Jesse in the chat, I love it. Ballsy, but I want Josh so bad. Then go get him. I think Jesse, you've got our blessing. Go spend whatever you've got to spend. Go Jesse, get your replace that manager. Then go get him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Go replace him and then get him. I like it. Uh, Britt, not to say that your trade is not as good as Scott's. I, I don't think either one of us are, but I wanted to get to yours next. If you don't mind, give us some of your thought process on the trade that you came up with that involved Lance. No, mine's not good at all. And if you weren't oh. here at the beginning of the show, um, <laughs> it's a perpetual joke that I hate trading because I definitely am more of a redef girl and I'm still, um, it's hard for me to part with my assets and I don't really, you know, I haven't completely figured out this trading situation yet, but um, I want to trade with Kenny Techie and I would trade Lance. We touched on it earlier in the show. I There's just too much uncertainty around him. 
And I would pair him with Ezekiel Elliott because he's already got Pollard. He's already got Malik Davis. Uh, Pollard's probably going to be the guy going forward, even recovering from that ankle injury. Um, I would trade him for probably Amari Cooper and then a combination of picks, uh, a late first or high second round pick, because I like having those wide receivers in those deep flex leagues. Um, In Dynasty especially, they just last longer. You don't have to move them. And Cooper Mm -hmm. has done really well in Cleveland. So this, the guy that I'm trading with um, only has three quarterbacks and three running backs and none of them are very good. So I think Mm. you could probably get a first round pick of some sort plus Amari Cooper if you trade Lance and Zeke, but I don't know. I'm not good at trades. What do you think? (laughs) Hey, I like it. Say it this way. I think the only, the only catch I would have is you're sending a quarterback without getting one back, which sometimes means you can get a lot back. Right. And, and I think I don't I'm not saying this is a bad trade. I think you're on the right line here. I'm not high on Cooper myself as high as some others. But I think if you were to make that like the 110, I think that trade makes a ton more sense with the late first. Right. And, and I think that's kind of where your head was at anyway. Also, sending Zeke. I, I don't want Zeke on this roster. Like Zeke to me is an easy send away. Uh, the other guy, Kenny Techie, has Dak Prescott's and he's only got ETN Mixon and Pierre Strong at running back. He might be looking at like, well, I could use a running back, you know. Um, who knows who he's going to get at the 110 for running back. Zeke might be better than that. It's hard to say. So I like that trade. I thought it was a very fine trade, and it's not necessarily blowing it all up and starting over, but I do think it's the kind of trade, again, with Lance being such an uncertainty and just such a question mark, I, I don't mind getting rid of both of those players and getting back a solid Cooper and a pick. I like it. What about you, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to move on from Zeke wherever I can, um, and and I do like Cooper. He's probably going to be a starter on this team most weeks anyway. Um, And then moving on from Lance and just turning that into a pick where if you want to mitigate your risk and, you know, just bring some liquidity to the roster. I mean, not that you don't have any picks already, but, um, you know, adding more picks and then maybe using those picks to package and go get, you know, Josh Allen or another player. So again, it, it's it's not always necessarily the big trade that gets it done. Sometimes it's it's a cascading effect, and so you start with something like this, and uh, you know make your roster a little bit more flexible. Then that's going to yeah. give you the opportunity to then package more assets to to go get the players you really really want at the end of the day. Yep. And then here's Jesse in the chat again, chiming in for his own team. He likes Cooper. He wants out on Zeke and Lance. So again, you're right in line with what he's looking for. So that's a good feeling. Um, I think that's a fine trade. That's a fine trade. And I'll, I'll kind of pivot into mine. Mine was also trading Lance. And again, I th- Lance is just a question mark on this team. So my first thought was kind of what Scott said, where's the weakness? Uh, there really isn't one. Like I, there's really no, no position that needs a lot of help. I mean, I do think quarterback, I would like to have a better quarterback than Lance as my QB two or three, depending on how you look at this team. Uh, Cause again, I think cousins is probably going to be my QB two in most situations. I don't mind starting cousins. I'm fine with that. But I wouldn't mind having a better backup than Lance if he doesn't play. So my trade was to send Lance, Kittle, and Komet to D. Wiseman for Pitts and Mac Jones. And the logic here, again, I think Mac Jones is on the way out. I think a lot of people are, don't, don't like Mac Jones. I think he's kind of you know a, a crusty kind of value. Not a lot of people like him. Pitts had a really down year. I still think he's a stud tight end. And this puts Kittle uh, in, in the team with Lance. It kind of creates a stack with the guy that has Garoppolo and Purdy. So it kind of locks that team into like whatever the QB is in San Francisco. So it adds a little bit of value there with the stack with Kittle. I feel like that it makes it more attractive. 
And then adding a commit to help consolidate. Again, it's a tight end premium league. A lot of people like tight ends. And again, if the guy has pits, he probably likes tight ends. So that was kind of some of my logic because it helps you consolidate one roster spot. It gives you, in my opinion, a better QB3, someone I'm, I'm more willing to throw in there on a bye week or matchups or whatever with Mac Jones over Lance. And then again, it, it upgrades you in a way, in my opinion, a big way from Kittle and Komet to Pitts at tight end. So, Scott, what do you think about that one? Is that one you might like or is it missing a piece there for you? Yeah, so you're consolidating to get, you know, the best piece in Pitts. I like that. And then yep. um, Mac Jones, which I don't, I'm not sure if I really want to say this publicly, uh, but he's pretty much my biggest buy right now. So there you go. Um, at the quarterback position, because, you know, we talked earlier about why is Trey Lance where he is and it's, you know, look around. I mean, what, you know, what else is there? Right. Um, and so if we look at Mac Jones, he is, I believe, QB 21 right now and DLF startup ADP. Um, I just I don't know that it can get much worse. You know, you had like a special teams coach and a defensive guy as his coordinators last year. He had pretty much no one to throw to, like regardless of what you think of Devontae Parker and Hunter Henry. Um, you know, <laughs> they've got to upgrade weapons, right? They're, I just don't see any scenario in which it gets worse. So to me, if you can buy him at QB 21 and, you know, over the next three seasons, I just think he could sneak in one of those like back end yeah. QB one seasons, you know, like a, like a Matt Ryan year where he threw for a bunch right. of yards and he had a great touchdown to interception ratio. And then he gives you two other like QB two, um, you know, high end mid range QB two seasons. Right. So I just don't see how he's going to finish that far down. I, I don't think you're going to lose. And then, you, and then after that, you could sell him for probably more than right. you paid for him. Right. Cause he's still a young quarterback. He'll probably get a second contract somewhere. Um, and even if not, like, what did you pay for him? You know? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think Mac is, is a buy right now. Uh, well, I, I'm not seeing Bill O'Brien, what he's done with every quarterback that he's worked with, like, regardless of what you think of him as a head coach and certainly as a GM. Uh, but he won't be doing anything with the personnel. Uh, and he doesn't have to worry about coaching or defense or anything. All he's going to do is work with, with Mac Jones and the offense. So I have full trust in him to do that. Well, and I, there was one piece of this trade I didn't consider. Of course, if Jesse's a Bills fan, he hates the Patriots. So it's like, ah, oh, man, maybe he won't want Mac Jones. But he did say him. again, his comment, he, it's a good trade. Uh, I like getting pits on the dip. And then, of course, scampers on on the uh, the typo. Putts have always been my downfall. So that was well played, scampers, on that one. But, yeah, I think, again, I, it's not the worst trade. It's not the biggest trade. But, Britt, what do you think? Are you on the pits train? Do you think he's someone you want on your team? Or, or is Kittle kind of the same? Yeah, I love Kyle Pitts. He's younger. He's got less of an injury history. And I don't really think that there's any way that Atlanta continues this very minimal passing attack. They had yeah. to this season because of who they had at quarterback. I don't see that continuing. Pitts is going to get his. He's going to be a great asset for years to come. Um, whereas you don't, you're not really sure with Kittle. He is, you know, he's top, but so was Pitts. And Kittle, Kittle's getting older, so I like getting him. Um, and I like this more of a certainty surrounding Jones than Lance. I'm such a Lance hater, but I just can't <laughs> have anything to do with him at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. So Jesse, there's, there's a lot of really good meat on the bone there for you. A lot of good trades. You seem to have a, you know, or at least for a fan ever has some good comments on. So appreciate you sending that in. Obviously appreciate you being in chat to give us some real time feedback too. That's amazing. 
Uh, anybody who's listening, if you want us to go through your team and find a trade for your team, submit it. The link is through the link tree on Dynasty Junkies at Dynasty Junkies on Twitter. Uh, you can find it there. We tweet it out from time to time. It's on my own link tree on at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, you can find it anywhere you want to go, but definitely send in those trades. We love seeing leagues. We love seeing listeners and kind of helping people out. So uh, definitely submit that. So with that, we're going to wrap it up here tonight. Britt, thank you so much for helping us out. Why don't you tell people where they can find you and what you got going on here in the offseason? Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. It's always fun to talk football, even in the offseason. Um, you guys can find me over at Fantasy Alarm. Not doing too much right now because it is baseball season, but when football <laughs> right. rolls back around in free agency, catch me over there. Um, you can also catch me um, at Lightning Round. It's starting back up on Wednesday, the 15th. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, so we'll be doing that with Kevin and Coop. And every other Tuesday, I'm hosting Her Story in the Making, kind of highlighting some up-and-coming um, women in the fantasy space, women in the sports space. So that's been a really cool thing um, that you can check out as well. Awesome. No, we love it. And I love seeing the diversity in the industry. I love having all the different voices and all the different minds. There is no wrong answer. Uh, there's only helpful things. And I, I love seeing different people come up in this that, again, maybe don't have the exposure. Like, I love what you guys do at Women of Fantasy Football. I think that's a terrific idea. We've had Kelly on. We've had Cooter. We've had some other really great people uh, that I'm big fans of. So anytime we can get you guys a, a little bit, spread your, your love, we're here to help you with that. So with that, obviously, we've got you can follow us, like I said, at Dynasty Junkies on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Andrew Hall FF. You can follow Scott at Scott underscore Sidlow. You can follow Rocky if you can find him. I'm not giving his handle. He's not here. He'll figure it out. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to the DAP Network on YouTube and, and find us on Twitter at DAP underscore Network. Uh, obviously, that's where we go live. You'll see us all the time. Put on those alerts on YouTube. You'll you know, be glad to help us out with that. Uh, and do give us ratings. We definitely like feedback. Send us a DM, all things like that. Uh, at this point, if you've listened this long, you're curious. DJ3 is most likely locked up. We got you know, Most of the people are pretty much informed, and we've got a good third Dynasty Junkies League that we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking about that as we go forward in the offseason. Uh, all three of us are going to be sharing a team, which will be entertaining and kind of exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Uh, but yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on, Britt. Really great time to chat with you tonight. And again, you're not necessarily a rookie anymore. This is your first postseason. You're officially a junkie. Welcome to the club. <laughs> nice to have you on. Uh, with that, Scott, I'll let you take us out of here. Yeah, thanks again to Jesse for the submission. And uh, Jesse's a great dude. He's he's involved in a lot of stuff, a lot of our leagues and everything. So um, awesome to get one of his leagues on guy. here and, and fun to do that for him. Even though the league was on sleeper. I know, Jesse. We'll let this one slide, all right? <laughs> um, yeah, Senra, I'll be talking to you soon, buddy. We got some stuff in the works, so I appreciate all you, uh, everybody in the chat. Like, thanks for yeah. throwing in your very busy chat and comments and hanging out with us tonight. Um, super awesome. Send us your find me a trades. So let's get those going. We've got um, amazing uh, next couple of months lined up here. I mean, we've we've yeah. got finish up our divisional series, and we're gonna do tons of rookie stuff. Uh, we're gonna do mock drafts. We're gonna have more amazing guests and uh you know stay tuned because we got a lot of fun stuff coming up this is the time of year to to make moves and uh increase the value in in your uh, dynasty league so let's do that uh for Britt flynn for andrew hall i'm scott sidlow junkies out